Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. Our lives will be full of people who support you, but it will also contain people who will stall you. There are people that have been jealous of what God has done in your life. And so because of their jealousy, they don't want you to surpass them. And so you will have people that will hold you down. Those people are often insecure. They're often insecure and so they compare. I learned a long time ago that when you compare and compete, you'll live in defeat. Some people will just follow you just to wait for you to fail. This morning, I want to bring a message entitled, Anchors and Pillars. As I grow in my faith, I realize that my circle becomes more and more important. And I have to monitor who speaks into my life. We have to be very careful who we allow to speak into our lives because... Some people just are waiting in the wings because your strengths remind them of their weaknesses. I can promise you this morning that there are people in this room that are going through and experiencing people who are pillars and people that are anchors. People that all they do is hold you down. There comes a point in my life that if I was to walk around with this long enough, sooner or later, I can't soar like I used to soar. No matter how strong you are, you will get weary. You will get tired. So if you'd allow me here for a few moments this morning, the opportunity to remind you that they are anchors and they are pillars. Before I can get into what I'm going to talk to you about here this morning and and get into more depth, I need to define what anchors are and define what pillars are. Allow me a few moments if I can just define this. An anchor in this message that I'm bringing to you is a negative term. But I'm very aware that an anchor, even in the scriptures, is a positive thing. And so there are... There's a discrepancy here that I want to make clear. That an anchor itself is not bad. It's what it's attached to. And what it's holding down. That makes the difference. So an anchor is defined as a heavy object attached to a rope or chain. And used to keep a vessel to the sea bottom. Make sense? And so let's define what a pillar is for the sake of this message, what is a pillar? You may ask. A long, slender, vertical structure used to support a superstructure, a column. Also, it can be a person who is a main support of an institution or a movement. And so, we look at something, in other words, an anchor is something that holds you down, a pillar is something that holds you up. 
And each of us in our lives, no matter where you are, you have experienced one or both of these things. Every day of your life, you're going to experience people that are anchors and people that are pillars. And there's no way to see the difference sometimes through earthly eyes alone. You need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And the thing about the anchor itself, as I mentioned, is that it's, it's not the enemy. The anchor is not the enemy. The anchor's sole purpose is to keep you where you are. So, in other words, if you're okay with where you are, the anchor is not a bad thing, right? But the object of that anchor is to keep you right where you are. But the truth is that many of us aren't where we should be. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we are not where we should be. We can always get better. We can always move forward. These anchors, they're, they're there and they're, they're anchors that hold you down. No one wants you to move more than God. No one wants you to move forward more than the Holy Spirit. He has an amazing plan for you. And it involves you taking steps forward in His plan. He would rather you pay closer attention to the pillars He's placed in your life. See, God has placed pillars in your life. People that will lift you up. And that's what I want to talk about for a few moments today. I want to talk about there are people in your life that God has put there to help you, to lift you, to get you to that place, to get you to another dimension in Him. But there are also anchors that the enemy has offered to you. And he said, listen, just there's no way you're going to get past this. Just deal with it. You will never get out of that addiction. You will never change that spouse. You know what that looks like? This is what it looks like. Every day of your life. You'll never get that promotion. You, you'll never amount to anything. Do, does pastor even know all the things you've done wrong? What do you mean he asked you to serve? If he only knew how bad you were. How many times you've messed up. If he only knew. That sounds awful lot like an anchor in your life. There's nothing uplifting about that at all. Let me make this clear. Crystal clear. That God is our strong tower. Not man. God is my strong tower. In fact. Proverbs 18.10 makes it super clear. That the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. Not just God, but the name of God is a strong fortress. We're not even talking about God yet. But His name is a strong fortress. But we want to focus on everything else that weighs us down. Everything that you should have been. Everything that you could have been. Everything that you would have been. That's what the enemy wants you to focus on. That, my friends, is all anchor material. Every mistake is a link. And some of you are like, Pastor Tony, I can't serve because of this. Look. Look how many mistakes. 
And you don't even know it, but you're carrying this. And God says, my desire is not to hold you down. My desire is to hold you up. I wish somebody got what I was saying today. God is our rock and our fortress. Psalm 40 verse 2. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Church, look at me for a moment. I need you to understand something. There are anchors and there are pillars. And you need to define who's who in your life. Make sure that when you are rowing, that everyone in your boat is rowing. And that there aren't people behind you drilling holes in your boat. You're sitting there rowing. You think everybody in the boat is rowing. But there are people... Is everything okay back there? Meanwhile, there's water streaming up. And what are they saying? They're not saying there's a hole. They're saying, look what I created for you. A sprinkler. The enemy always tries to make light of the holes he's creating in your boat. Because I'm sure that when you're rowing, there are times there are people in your boat and you're going, what in the world's happening right now? Why do I seem to sink every time I'm around this person? Why? Because you got anchors in your boat. And those anchors are causing cracks that will cause you hardship. Am I saying go and sever every relationship? No, 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 no. I'm saying be careful who's in your circle. Know the difference between an anchor and a pillar. Some anchor people will not like you because the things that you are and the things you've become are things that they've been trying to become a long time ago. And it looks like God likes you more. How many ever looked upon someone and you said, why does it feel like God loves them more? They get the raise and they get the this and they get the that. I wanted a baby. I wanted a promotion. I wanted this, I wanted that, and they get it, they didn't even want a baby. They don't even do that job right. They don't even, they don't even, and you can point out all these things and you wonder, does God like them more? I'm telling you right now, that there's always going to be things that the enemy would chatter in your ear. It's time to stop and silence that voice. Because all that voice is doing is anchoring you to the place where you are instead of asking God to take you where you should be. I wish somebody got, there's not enough space in your bulletin to write down what I'm telling you right now. Because if some of you realize what I'm telling you right now, your life would change right now. You'd realize very quickly that God is your pillar. God is your source. And you stop holding on to that anchor and stop and stop saying to yourself that you are this and you are that and start listening to what God says you are. There are 12 people that went into the land and 10 came back and said, Hey, listen, by the way, we can't conquer that land. We can't conquer that land. It's, first of all, they got big giant people over there. That's number one. Them's is big people. They got some big giants there. 
Josh and Caleb come back and they're like, you have no idea how fantastic it is. The grapes are ginormous. Everything is bigger there. It's two reports on one location. It's all how you see it. Everything's bigger there. It's great. Majority says, don't go. We shouldn't do it. But majority is always right, right? That's how we tend to interpret it. Well, most people says this. Pharisees, they weren't evil. But they had a way that they were expecting God to do something. And so they kept God in this box. Here's the Messiah right in front of them. They didn't see him. They've been studying the scriptures. And they didn't see him. They were anchors to their own people. Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshem. Here's Nehemiah trying to rebuild the walls. What happens? He goes back to rebuild the walls and they start hating on him. There's always going to be haters. Right? There's always going to be somebody that doesn't like what you're doing because it, it messes with their plans. Some people like chaos because their life is in chaos and they don't want you to live in peace. So, Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem were enemies of Nehemiah because Nehemiah is trying to restore and they're just trying to have their own way. There's always going to be somebody. Then there's Job. Can I talk about Job for a moment? Job has some friends and their friends had a theology. How many have a friend that have a theology that has nothing to do with God? Right? How many know what I'm talking about? Their theology was like this and it was a weight on Job. They said, Job, you lost everything. You must be wrong with God. The theology of divine retribution. You're suffering calamity, so somehow you wronged God, and this is your penalty. That's known as the syllogism theology. It's things are going wrong because God is repaying you for your sin. Friend, can I tell you something? We don't subscribe to that here. We're fallen people in a fallen world with fallen bodies and we get sick. Sometimes it's because of what I ate last night. Sometimes it's because we live in fallen bodies. And your stomach does this. And everybody else wants to say it's because you have sin in your life. And you're like, no. Because I got food poisoning. You, you want to over-spiritualize everything. No, it's because I put too much hot sauce. Overdid it. But they want, no, 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 no. You laugh, but they want to put that on you. You're fallen man and they want to put that on you. They want to tell you, like Job's friends, what what you're going through right now is because you messed up. Pray to God, repent, because you jacked up, mister. His friends had a theology that didn't match up. And I realized this. They didn't know the beginning of the story. When God said he is perfect and upright, chapter 1, verse 8. 
Job is perfect and upright. No matter what you bring his way, he is my servant, he is faithful. The enemy goes, I bet you if you take everything away, he will, he will curse you, he will turn his back on you. God says, no, he won't. And then there's some people that will turn around and go, Pastor Tony, why is God gambling with people? I've heard this before, maybe you've heard this before, right? Why is God playing this game, this divine celestial game with mankind? And somehow he's using them as a, as a piece of a puzzle to make a point. To that I say this, God wasn't using man to prove a point. Because the truth is, none of us will know what we can overcome unless we're tested. So Job was going to be tested whether he was perfect or not. When you follow God, you will be tested. Because that's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you stronger. If if you're not tested, you don't know how far you can go. You don't know where you've been. You don't know how far you can go. But God looks at us and says, listen... While you look at these situations and you look at all these people offering up anchors in your life so you can walk around with them. God says, no, 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 no. Stay faithful to me. Stay faithful to me. In life, we never lose friends. We only learn who the true ones are. In life, we never lose friends. We just learn who the true ones are. Case in point, how many of you have ever had a friend that you lost contact with for a long time and the moment you start talking with them, it's like you never left exactly where you left off. Show of hands, how many know one talking about? Right? Why? You didn't lose them, you just lost contact. God has not left your side. You just lost contact. And I realize that there are some people that just fade away. And they're not meant to be anymore. They're scaffolding. They were to take me to one place for a time and they move on. Stop considering scaffolding to be your pillar. There's a difference. One is permanent structure to hold you up. The other one's temporarily there to put something up. Okay. So what I'm saying is when you become aware of your surrounding and your circle... Start realizing that there are people that are there to help you, heal you, and there are people that are also there. All they do is they hurt you. And you got to define what that looks like and who that is. Listen, God didn't put them in your path. Life did. And so what you got to realize is that there's a very real enemy and he doesn't like you. And when you serve God, he's going to let you know he don't like you. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, friends. There's a very real spiritual world out there. And you got to realize this. And instead of telling a hurting person to admit they're wrong like Job's friends did, how about you just say, we're standing with you until you figure this thing out. You're complaining about nobody being your pillar. When's the last time you were a pillar for somebody else? You know what I find to be true? That when I lack something in my life, I be, I, if I turn around and I become that to somebody else, God will put one in my path. I think, I think sometimes we forget that God wants to use you, not just use other people to you. Don't let, any, let anyone be a vacuum in your life and suck you dry and suck the life out of you. 
that becomes the case, unplug immediately. So let me define this pillars for a moment. We define anchors. Let's talk about pillars for a moment. Pillar can be either a foundation or support. There's a bunch of people that were encouraging, uplifting in scripture. We can, I can list these out for you. You ready? There's Barnabas. His name actually means son of encouragement. Barnabas means son of encouragement. And so he's one who was exactly that. Joseph, Mary's husband. When you are impregnated and you didn't sleep with anybody, guess what? Most people won't buy it. Joseph stood with her. Joseph stood with her. John, the disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, his beloved John, he's the one that took the mother of Jesus. When he's up on the cross, he's still caring about his mother. John. John. Take care of my mother. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't speak. Jonathan. Jonathan, David's friend. Not just any friend. The ultimate friend. He was the king's son. Saul's son. Saul didn't like David. Why? Because everybody sang about David ten times more than they sung about him. Saul has slayed his thousands. David his ten thousands. Compare, compete, you'll live in defeat. So Saul found himself in an interesting moment. Jonathan knew David's heart. Jonathan and David were close-knit. They were brothers. In fact, they were so close that their lives would eventually have to separate because Saul hated David so much that jealousy ate away And it affected David and Jonathan's relationship. But Jonathan was there with David. Much of his young life. But nothing stirs my heart like the story found in Exodus chapter 17. When I talk about pillars, I think about Exodus 17 beginning in verse 10. And it talks about Moses. And it talks about how he was fighting against Amalek. The people of Israel were fighting against Amalek. And Moses had his support. And that support was Aaron and her. Aaron and her were there. Here's what's happening. The scenario is listed out for you. You got someone like Moses on the mountain and he's, he's just lifting up. And every time he lifted up his hands, there was victory. But every time his hands went down, the Israelites would be overcome. So what happened? Mordecai, come on up here real quick, real quick. Stand right here in the middle for me. All right. I'm going to need you, Justin, come on up here real quick. Chris, come on up here real quick. So we have Aaron and we have her and Justin to stand right in the middle here for me. And, and, and Justin, for, the, for this illustration in this moment, Justin is Moses and he's lifting up his hands. And Aaron and her come alongside and they lift up and they hold his arms up. And he's battling in prayer. Meanwhile, me right here, I'm Joshua and I'm fighting 
And I'm fighting and I'm fighting and he's interceding. And every time the hands were lifted up and they acknowledge. Why? Because they acknowledge that the Lord is the one that brings the victory. Here's where I'm going with this. We want to look at positions and we want to go, oh, but I just serve in this. Oh, but I just serve in that. Right? We don't realize that Moses is, is, is while he's the center stage, there's still an Aaron, there's still a her, and they're playing a part. Why? Because if they succeed, I succeed. If I succeed, they succeed. And they're all part of a puzzle. Have you ever taken a 500 piece puzzle and completed 499 and you can't find the one? It is annoying. Where is that piece? It's not a big deal, is it? Oh, yes, it is. Absolutely it is because I'm almost there. And this little tiny man right here. Who I am overshadowing with my massive presence. I make up my height with volume. Aaron and her are there and they are they just a piece of the puzzle? Are they just this or just that? No, they are part of God's divine plan. Because if he succeeds, I succeed. We all succeed. There are people that God has put in your life that are pillars. And you have failed over and over again because you say to yourself, I can do it by myself. And God says, no, you can't. You need an errand. You need a her. You need somebody to hold you up. He can do this for a while. These guys are the ones that are going to start get tired. Right? After a while, there comes a point. Right? So I wonder how long I can use this illustration. Before they never return back to freedom. But hear me. This is a glorified position, isn't it? Center stage. Until you're the one there. And you realize that everything hinges on you. Can I ask you to continue to pray for the leadership of this church? Because God is doing amazing things. But we need your prayers. And you know, this position right here is glorified. It looks glorious, doesn't it? You got people holding you, your hands up and you're like, all right, I got it going on. Until you're in that position and you realize that it is the loneliest position. I can't do this by myself. I need every single one of you that God has called to be pillars in this church. Give it up for these gentlemen. Joshua fights. Moses prays. Aaron and her support. Who wins? Everyone. You are not just anything. You aren't just this or just that. But, 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 Pastor Tony, if you only knew where I come from, if you only knew my story, all that is, is another link. Every single time, all I am is this and all I am is that. All you're doing is tacking chains on and sooner or later, that chain will hold you down. And you walk around wondering why you can't soar. Of course, there's a hundred reasons why you shouldn't be picked. I got a hundred reasons why I shouldn't have been picked. But he selected me. First. The beauty of the cross is that he selected me before I selected him. 
And he knew that there's a possibility that I would reject him. These anchors. They're no respecter of person. You know, there's people that think they're warring with a sword. But really all they're doing is swinging their anchor around. Sooner or later, you will lose. Friend, let me share with this, this thought with you. We are where we are because many of us have accepted that these anchors will never go away. When the truth is, release that and ask God to break every chain. Break every single chain that holds me down. First Timothy chapter 4 says this. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. We use this for youth ministry stuff, right? But how many know that uh, there's a lot more to this verse than just the word young? Like, um, be an example. No matter who you are, be an example to all believers in what you say, how you live, your love and your faith and your purity. The day we live in today, purity is relative for some people. What is purity? We want to we wanna knock and we want to say, well, this sort of sexuality is worse than that sort of sexual sin. And we want to put titles on everything. How about this? How about sin is sin? How about if, you sleep, if, a, if a man sleeps with a woman, it's the same in God's eyes as man sleeps with another man. And it's all sexual sin and, and sin is not okay with God. We want to go ahead and make all these things. How about this? How about we realize very quickly that God is looking at all that. He's saying, it's all sin. How about you just turn to me and let me define what you're really looking for. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, friends. God is our source. God is our pillar. And if we start wishy-washy and start defining what is okay with God because of what society says, then we're no longer leaning on a pillar. What we're doing is we're creating our own. And you know what's funny about a pillar is that it holds things up. It only holds things up if it's there. Right? Why didn't the pillar do its job? It wasn't there. But if I just find myself at the right place, it's right there. We oftentimes are in the wrong place. And we ask God, why did you let me fall? Why did you let me trip? We're letting things go in the wrong place. God says, I got a pillar for you. And you know what? There are people in your life you have not appreciated. There are people, look at me. There are people in your life you've not appreciated. Because you're so focused on being your own pillar. Explaining away your own circumstances. And saying, I got this. No, you don't. No, you don't. There are anchors and there are pillars. You need to define who is who. Father, I pray that every person at the sound of my voice hears your word. Answers your word. We may see exactly what it is you want to tell us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, break every chain. God, I pray that they would see the anchors in their lives. That they would see the pillars in their lives. And that identifying pillars 
are just as important as identifying anchors. I pray today to allow us the opportunity to see exactly what it is you want to do with us. In Jesus' name.